Happy Father's Day again to all of you dads. Uh, so glad that you are here today. And uh, we're going to continue our series on Pentecost. Last Sunday was actually Pentecost Sunday. Uh, if you want to, we're going to kind of tag into the end of that story and continue on. So we saw this beautiful idea, this beautiful symbolism so rich in this day of how the Holy Spirit has come now to human beings. That the temple presence of God is no longer wrapped up in brick and mortar, but in flesh and blood. God was not content to stay in a building that would that we would come to, to Him, but to be in human beings that we might go out into the world to declare the goodness of God. And so we're going to pick up right where that happened. There was a mighty rush of wind. Remember the fire fell, the long expected fire declaring the presence of God falls in the room and uh, these tongues of fire appear over the apostles and those who had gathered for prayer signifying that the temple presence of God was now in human beings and they begin to declare the praises of God and all these people who have gathered from all the four corners of the earth are hearing the praises of God spoken in their own language and they're wondering they're mystified what is going on some think that these guys are just drunk and babbling on and Peter gets up to correct them. And it is here that we jump into the story. So if you have your Bibles, open them to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2. We're going to begin at verse 22. And you can read along in the screen behind, or you can get your Bible however you do that. If you don't have a Bible, we want you to have one. So take the one that's in the seat back in front of you. That's yours. Take it home. Read it. Ask questions. Come quiz your pastor. Uh, keep me on my toes. Um, I would love to, to talk with you about that. So we want you to have Scripture. But let's hear from the Word of the Lord, Acts chapter 2. This is Peter speaking. He says, Fellow Israelites... Listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through Him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before before me. This is He is quoting from the Psalms here. Because He is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope because You will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let Your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in Your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and he knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, He spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that He was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did His body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. See and hear. Tongues of flame. Hear. 
God's praises declared in your own language. Okay, just remember that's going on in the background. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. If he was speaking in Hebrew, he would have said both Adonai and Mashiach. Very important titles that we'll get to. When, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. This is the word of God for the people of God. And our reply is, thanks be to God. Well, it is Father's Day, and so I thought uh, one of the things that I've noticed as a father is that uh, oftentimes little kids have great wisdom. Now, I know there's that, that old show, you know, kids say the darndest things and all that kind of stuff, but sometimes kids say really profound things, don't they? And, uh, and, and we have to be listening if we want to hear. So I thought in, in light of Father's Day, let's hear some wisdom from some kids. And so I found this online. I just thought this was really cool to, to be able to have a little kid wisdom for us here on Father's Day. So the first is a seven-year-old who says anytime uh, I ask, uh, this is a mom who says anytime I ask her how an outfit looks, she replies, Mama, how does it make you feel? Because that is what matters. Husbands, write that down. You're welcome. You can pay me later. Um, that, that's, a, that's a good, that's very wise. How do you feel in what you have dressed? Or a three-year-old that says, it's okay if she isn't kind to me. I can show her how. Oh, isn't that, isn't that sweet? But there's wisdom there too. If someone can't be kind, maybe I can show them how to be kind by being kind back to them. I love this one. This sounds like my son. I told my son when he was eight that the early bird catches the worm. He told me that although the early bird catches the worm, the night owl catches the mouse and there's more protein in a mouse. Yes, yes. Very true. You still have to go to bed though. As my daughter and I walked Huntington Beach our first time, she yelled, I love being in this world. It was a moment and the words of my four-year-old sunk deeper into my soul. Isn't that good? Just sometimes to remember when you're in the hustle and bustle and you're in a beautiful place. I love being in this world. It's so beautiful. So wonderful. Uh, A couple more. Uh, I love this one. How are we supposed to meet new people if we can't talk to strangers? I mean, that's just beautiful kid logic and wisdom, right? You're always telling them, don't talk to strangers. But we want them to make new friends. Yeah. And lastly, my four-year-old daughter said, you might be scared, but sometimes being scared is worth it. That's, that's good wisdom. Sometimes being scared 
is worth it. Why do I tell you about kid wisdom on this series on Pentecost and those kinds of things? Because I want us to realize we have this idea of Peter and we call him uh, the Apostle Peter or we call him Saint Peter. But in that moment, in that day when he stood up, he was simply Peter the fisherman from Galilee. That would mean he had minimal religious education. He was probably just given enough religious training so he wouldn't be an embarrassment to his family when they went to synagogue. That he would know when to say what. That he would know a few of the prayers. He probably knew the Shema. He probably knew a few Psalms that he needed to. But just enough. He had minimal training. And yet, Peter, when he is that minimal training, is matched with the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. He preaches the first Christian sermon and thousands of people respond. The, the, I, I just as I was thinking about this, I, I thought about what Jesus started with Peter. He said, come and I will make you fish for people. And in those days, they cast nets. Right? To catch fish. It wasn't one at a time like this. It was lots at one time. And here it is, the fulfillment of what Jesus said in Peter's life. And he cast the whitest net you could ever cast. And 3,000 people respond. And all from the training of a fisherman. With minimal background and minimal training. I want you to know that this is not a slam on education. God uses theological training. At least I hope that's true because I spent tens of thousands of dollars on receiving theological training. But I want you to know that theologically trained people aren't the only ones who have spiritual wisdom. They're not the only ones who can teach or preach. And there's a reason for this, and we're going to get into that. I want you to see this is really what Jesus was talking about. In John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus says to His disciples, and the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, this One that was poured out, that they were witnessing the tongues of fire and the, the praises of God in their different languages, that Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So this is important that we know that this is the Holy Spirit working through Peter's minimal training. Now, he had been with the Lord for three years. So I'm sure he remembered some things, but we know from reading the Gospels, if you've ever read them, the disciples were usually the last one to clue in on what Jesus was trying to teach them. And so here we have two key words that we need to know about the Holy Spirit. First is the word teach. The Holy Spirit will teach you. Do you know that the Holy Spirit actually does teach people who want to learn? The Bible is a very difficult book. It is thousands of years old. A lot of times it assumes that you understand the metaphors that the writers are using. And it can be tricky to read and understand. But I want you to know that it is true that if you seek to read the Scriptures and you desire to learn and know from them and pray a simple prayer as you're reading, come Holy Spirit and teach me, you will begin to notice that things will pop out to you. Things will stick in your mind. Things that you need to wrestle with or understand from Scripture will begin to make sense to you. I have had this happen many, many, many times in my life, even before I was theologically trained. And I still pray as I prepare messages, come Holy Spirit and help me to know what needs to be said for those who will gather 
to hear. The Holy Spirit longs to teach you. And you can lean into this. The other key word is remind. Once you have learned, there, there can be this, oh man, what if there's a big test? What if somebody asks me what I believe? What if somebody asks me what I read? Then you can relax and trust that the Holy Spirit will remind you what you've learned. It's like you get a giant... You, did anybody have those tests in college where the teacher let you have a three, one three-by-five card and you wrote microscopically? And you're, you know, you're in class kind of doing one of those. The Holy Spirit will do that for you. Will begin to remind you what Jesus has taught you, what you have learned. But I want to say to you, and I want to pick on dads today because it's Father's Day, but dads, are you willing to be taught by the Holy Spirit? Are you reading the Gospels? That's just the beginning. Are you reading the Gospels? Are you trusting that the Holy Spirit will teach you what Jesus tried to teach the disciples when He was here on earth? Are you reading in that simple way that I just said? If not, maybe today the greatest Father's Day gift you could give is to begin to enter into reading the Scriptures with the, under the teaching of the Holy Spirit. And, and then lastly, dads, are, are, you, are your kids waiting for you to trust the Holy Spirit to remind you in order that to help them, to help teach them the way of Jesus? If you've got a kid, no matter how young or how old, they're still looking to you. Are you willing to be reminded by the Holy Spirit to teach your kids the ways of Jesus? Well, let's move on just a little bit because I want you to hear the message that Peter gave because it was a very basic message. It was a very simple message. We're going to go through this uh, very quickly. If you want to open your Bibles back to that, that same passage, uh, you're going to be, begin to see. Go down to verse 22. The first thing that Peter declares is that Jesus came to live among us and that God gave Him to us. Uh, if you don't believe me, here's the passage. It's verse 20, 22 and verse 3 of, of what we have read. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited. That word in Greek means pointed to by God. He was pointed out that if you want to know what I look like, there he is. There he is. And there were miracles and there were signs and wonders which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. Basic message. God gave Jesus to you as a gift. Number two of this simple message, human beings crucified Jesus. He goes on in the second part of verse 23 and says, And you, with the help of lawless men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Minces no words. We're like, what, 55 days from when Jesus was nailed on a cross. People were there. People had hoped that He was the Messiah. And they watched Rome, with the help of the religious authorities, nail Him to a tree and watched Him die. He minces no words. He says, you did it. You used the help of the Romans, but you did it. He moves on. He says, that's not the end though. Simple message, right? Three points so far. God raised Jesus from the dead. He declared the resurrection of Jesus, to whom He said, I have witnessed, I have seen Him. These who are here, we have seen Him. Verse 24 says, But God raised Him from the dead, freeing Him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on Him. 
Simple message. He's just going right through the gospel. God was, Jesus was given as a gift. Jesus died and Jesus was raised. He moves on and says Jesus was exalted to the right hand of God. We see that at the end of verse 33. He was just, it just declares it. He was exalted to the right hand of God, meaning He has taken authority, He has moved heaven and earth closer together, and He is bringing about a change that will affect all the world. Number six, Jesus has received the Holy Spirit and given this advocate, this comforter, this teacher, this power to human beings. And that's what they were witnessing. In the wind, in the fire, in the declaring of praises, they were seeing this truth. And he just declares that right out. He says, He has received the Father, promised the Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you see now and here. He's, he's done this incredible message in about three verses. You're probably saying, why can't you do that, Pastor? Last point, God has made this Jesus both Adonai, which is the, what the word would be that they would declare about God. We call him Adonai. And Mashiach, God's anointed one. He is both the anointed one and God. He begins to declare and move these things, these two together to help us understand that. He said, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Adonai and Mashiach, Lord and Messiah. It's a simple message. But I want you to see it's so simple because maybe these are some of the things it doesn't include. There's no, well, how did creation begin? Was it seven days? Did God say, let it be, and bang, there was, and you know, 13.5 billion years later, here we are, and, and all these kinds of things. Uh, there's no talk about the end times. Is it pre-millennial? Is it post-millennial? Is it all-millennial? Is it pan-millennial? I just believe it'll pan out in the end. None of that talk. There's no talk about who's in and who's out. There's no specific sin called out other than that you crucified Jesus. You crucified God's anointed one. You crucified God. There's no talk of, well, you should only read this from the King James Bible because that's what Jesus talked. There was none of the trivial arguments that we sometimes attach to a very simple message. It was simply over and over about what God has done through Jesus for them. The simple message is God has done amazing things through Jesus for you and for me. And that's the simple good news message. And it has an amazing response. They say... They were cut to the heart. Now for us, that, that kind of symbolized you know, a broken heart. Oh, they were sad. No, the heart was the seat of everything for the ancient people. It was their will. Their, their will was shattered. It was the seat of emotions. So I'm sure some of them, tough guys, were crying as their heart was broken. It, it was the seed of, uh, they thought it was the seed of thought, that their thoughts were being remade and reshaped and retooled and, and rebooted, even if you want to use computer language. They were cut to the core of who God created them to be. They were cut. And they knew something needed to be mended. And so they cry out, What do we do? What must we do to be saved? What must we do to see this happen in our lives? And Peter said it's really simple. Again, 
repent. I know we, we like to hear that word, repent, and we like to have some big guy with a huge Bible slamming on a pulpit, repent, repent, repent. But I just have a feeling that Peter just said, well, it's simple. You repent. You repent. Remember, repent means turn around. Like, I'm walking this way. Is this difficult? No. I turned again. Watch. Uh-huh. Repent. Turn around. Change your mindset. Let God change your heart from the inside out. And then he says, be baptized. In the name of Jesus, be baptized. In other words, start again. Start fresh. Start new. Start clean. Those are all the metaphors that water gives to us, even down to today. So I want, you, I want to start there. Let's work our way back. I want you to know if something has happened in your heart today. I want you to know that on August 25th, I declared earlier uh, a couple of weeks ago that we were going to baptize more often. I want you to know that on August 25th, uh, 2019, we're going to have a baptismal service. So if you've never started fresh and new with Jesus, or you say, well, I believe in Jesus, but you've never been obedient to Jesus' command to be baptized, that you would say yes. Start fresh, start new. I don't know if that's going to be in a service or it's August, it might be hot. Maybe we'll go out to a lake. I don't know. But if you want to be baptized, I want you to write that in your calendar right now. Take out your phone, take out a piece of paper, write it down. August 25th, we're going to baptize people. I'm praying that God will lead some of you and maybe some who even aren't even here yet to, to take that step. So here on Father's Day, Has something cut your heart in this simple message? Your will? The way you see the world? The way you think? On this Father's Day, has something cut your heart? Has something in this simple message just resonated with you? And maybe even right now, you can't say, I don't know what it is that's resonating with me. All I know is that I'm uncomfortable right now. Or I just sense like there's something I I need, something I'm longing for. And maybe, just maybe, this Jesus is the one that can help me, that can heal me, that that can send me out into my life with power and strength. Uh, Do you know, so let me just ask a few questions before we close. Do you know that Jesus came to show God's love for you? And to borrow from Brennan Manning, he came to show you God's love for you just as you are and not as you should be. You do not have to hide right now. Jesus sees all of this and He loves you and He longs for you to experience God's love. Did you know that Jesus died to show you where selfishness, where taking your own way, where looking only out for number one for yourself, which is just a fancy way of saying sin, that Jesus died to show you where sin will take you. And it will always lead to death. It will always lead to death. And Jesus died to show you where sin leads. But He also was raised. Do you know that Jesus was raised to let you know that sin, even killing God, does not get the final word on who you are? God does. And God will forgive any who repent and are baptized in the name of Jesus. Simple message. I'm trying to be simple here. 
I want you to know that. I want you to know, did you know, that no matter how low you feel right now, how low you think you have sunk, I want you to know that Jesus is exalted and Jesus can see right where you are and Jesus longs to reach down to you and longs for you to experience forgiveness that only He can bring you. So if you're, if you're just wallowing down in self-pity and what you have done and you think that God couldn't possibly do something in your life, I want you to know that's why we talk about Jesus is exalted. He can see to the lowest place from where He is. And He longs to reach down to you. Right where you are in this moment. So that you can experience forgiveness. Do you know that if you repent, if you turn to Him, He will forgive. He will save. He'll rescue you and give you the Holy Spirit. That One who gives you the power to truly live and love in your daily life. The One who will teach you the Scriptures as you read them. The One who will remind you of what Jesus had said. The One that will help you love even that colleague that you just can't get along with at work. The One who will help you to show mercy and grace when you just everything inside of you wants to lash out this Jesus can make a change because he will give you what you need to live as he calls you to live did you know that I hope you did well now that you know the question is will you take action and you're probably saying well what is the action well there's there's the one August 25th you can be baptized That'd be great. But the one that you can do today is you can repent. And the action that has taken place at this church and in the church of the Nazarene all the way back to our beginning at the late 1800s is that we've always had a place called the altar where people can come and pray for repentance. Pastor Joe reminded us that it's not just for people to come and repent, but it is a good place for those who would like to. And so in a moment, I'm going to have you stand. And anyone who would like to take action on the simple message, you've been cut to the heart, something's resonated with you, I'm going to ask you to come. I'm going to ask you to kneel. And we want to pray with you. So that you can know, you can know, that you are forgiven. And you can receive the Holy Spirit to empower your life. Would you be willing to do that? Maybe you need to be reminded of some good spiritual wisdom. Because some of you are quaking in your boots that I've mentioned this right now. And I want you to know you might be scared. But sometimes being scared is worth it. And So I'm going to ask you to stand and bow your heads. I'm going to ask Lori to come and just play something on the piano. I'm going to say a very quick prayer. And then I just wonder if there is anyone who wants to respond. Some of you will want to come maybe for the first time to say yes to Jesus. Have someone pray for you to receive forgiveness and the strength of the Holy Spirit. There might be some of you who have been around a long time. Did you know? Did you know? That we should be assured That this Jesus who was crucified, God has made 
Adonai and Mashiach. Maybe some of you, we, we just kind of take that for granted. And maybe you're recognizing, man, I've been in the presence of God and I have not been worshiping. Maybe you want to repent of that. Whatever it is, I'm going to pray. And if you want to say yes to Jesus, I'm going to invite you to come and to kneel. And let's pray. This is why we exist as a church. To help people receive the Holy Spirit. To give them power to look like Jesus in their world. Father, we thank you for a simple message from a minimally trained fisherman. I just believe that somehow the Holy Spirit has cut the heart, the will, the mind, the emotions of some people here. And I pray right now you would give them the strength to respond. I pray that they would know that even if they're scared, sometimes it's worth being scared. I pray you would allow them to come and respond to Jesus and to receive the Spirit. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, we're not going to sing anything. But if you need to respond, if you've been cut to the heart, if something has resonated with you and you need to respond right now, come right now. Don't wait. One has come and there are others who need to come. Do you need to come? Today, do you need to respond to what Jesus needs to do in your life? It's simple. Repent. Just come forward. We will have someone here who will pray with you. And it's simple. Lord Jesus, I repent. I know some of you have kids here. Bring the kids. It's okay. Don't let them hold you back. Show them that you're willing to respond. That you want to say yes to Jesus. If that's you, would you come right now? Right now. Don't let fear hold you back. This is a good, scared feeling. Just say yes and come forward. If that's you, come right now. Come right now. It's just going to be like 10 or 15 more seconds. If you need to come, come right now. There's no shame, no embarrassment. We are celebrating with you. And we're told that all heaven celebrates with you. Any more? I would like to invite my prayer team to come and gather around those who are here. Put a hand on a shoulder. Simply pray. If you're kneeling and you need someone to help you pray, then just, just reach up, grab their hand on your shoulder, and they'll help you. It's simple. Jesus, I repent. Come and save me. Forgive me. And give me the Holy Spirit. If that's you, that's all you got to do. Let's pray. Father, these have come. And we're grateful that they have said yes to you. I pray that they would pray a simple prayer of saying, Jesus, I repent. Jesus, forgive me. Help me to experience forgiveness. And give me the Holy Spirit to be empowered to love, to live, to forgive, and to help. Father, we want to be people who live in the power of your Spirit, 
We want to be taught by you as we read scripture, as we attend services, as we read books, as we meet in life groups. We want to be taught by you. So Holy Spirit, come and lead us into all knowledge and remind us of what Jesus has taught us. Help us today to declare that it's pretty simple. Here's what happened and here's how I can respond. Help us to do just that day in and day out. And may we see daily and weekly You, the Holy Spirit, adding to our number those who are being saved. For we pray and ask all of these things in the One who was crucified, in the name of the One who was exalted, and in the name of the One who is now our Adonai and our Mashiach, our God and our Anointed One. It's in His name we pray all of these things. And everyone said, Amen. You don't have to rush away from the altar, but I'm going to bless those and let you go who need to go home. Thank you for being here. Happy Father's Day. Receive this blessing. And now, may you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. May the Holy Spirit teach you. May the Holy Spirit lead you into all wisdom and knowledge. May the Holy Spirit remind you especially of the teachings of Jesus. And may you receive the Holy Spirit in power to love, to be merciful, to be gracious, and to show what Jesus looks like in your world. Go in His name. Go in peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. God bless you as you go.